Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our studies in the seven letters in the book of Revelation, and we are on part two of the letter to the church in Thyatira. Our last broadcast, we took a careful look at what this letter doesn't mean. We took the modern rapture at any moment theory applied to the letter of the church of Thyatira and showed that that type of teaching is way off base. But we don't want to stop there. We want to move forward with what this letter does mean, and that's what this episode is all about today. The letter starts in chapter 2, starting in verse 18 and 19, and we hear Jesus speaking to this church, and to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire. And then the next verse, verse 19, begins with, I know. And what this is saying is that I'm Jesus, and I know exactly what's going on. I have penetrating eyes like flames of fire that can penetrate on what exactly is going on in the church. And Jesus knows the condition of the church today, both good and bad. He knows exactly what's going on, and there's no sense trying to hide because he will uncover what is happening. So what exactly is Jesus penetrating eyesight into the condition of the church of Thyatira? He says this, Revelation chapter 2, verse 19, I know your works. Now, I don't like to do this all the time, but today we're going to do a really quick, brief, and easy Greek word study. When Jesus says, I know your works, what's that Greek word for work? It's ergon. And in the English vocabulary, we have something very popular today, ergonomics. What is that? It's a study of people's efficiency in their working environments. So when Jesus says, I know your works, I know your ergon, your love and faith and service and patient endurance. Now, just how important are works? People seem to know, by people I mean both Protestants and Catholics, seem to know that Catholics put a greater emphasis on works than Protestants do, and some groups of Protestants tend to strongly deny that works don't have any role to play in salvation. It's faith alone and no, no works whatsoever. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, we read, by grace we are saved. It's not of works, not of ourselves. And there Paul is referring to the works of the law or works unaided by the grace of God, not inspired or motivated or empowered by the Holy Spirit, something you try to do yourself. We're not saved by this. But the next verse, verse 10 of Ephesians 2, it speaks of the good works that we're actually predestined by God to accomplish. So there are good works. And one of the things you will find in the book of Revelation 
is a very strong emphasis on good works like the church in Thyatira. Jesus is commending them. I know your works, your love, your faith, your, your service, and patient endurance. He's commending them. Listen to what God says at the very end of the book of Revelation. Let's jump forward in Revelation to chapter 20, and this is the last judgment. If you want to study biblical prophecy and eschatology, it's good to look at the beginning, look at the end, you get a good idea what should be what we should be doing in the middle. And it says this, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also another book was opened, which is the book of life. You want your name in that book of life. And they were judged by what was written in the books by what they had done. Now, this is the Revised Standard Version, what they had done. The word done in Greek is ergon. In other words, standing before the throne of God, opening the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books regarding their works, what they had done. And then there's another group, verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead in it, Death and Hades gave up the dead in them, and they were all judged by what they had done. Ergon, again, they were judged by their works. See, some people have a sneaking suspicion that they didn't live their life quite properly, and let's say, uh, I want to be cremated, and my ashes just scattered in the ocean somewhere, and that'll be the end of it. I'm sorry, but it says even the sea gives up the dead and they will be reconstituted in their human body standing before the throne of God and judged by their ergon. Now, I realize that Martin Luther taught that it was by faith alone and he didn't particularly uh, love the book of Revelation because of the verses that I just pointed out to you from Revelation 2, from Revelation 20. And now let's go to the last page of the book of the Bible. Last page. This is the conclusion. Revelation 22 and verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense to repay everyone for what he has done. That word done is ergon again. I am coming soon, and I'm going to repay everyone for their works. Now, someone might say, well, oh, this is the book of Revelation. It's just a confusing book, and St. Paul certainly never taught anything like that. Really? Uh, I've experienced in my life Uh, what I would call blipper verses. And these are verses that are plain as can be, black and white, but when the verses teach something that don't fit into my preconceived notions, I tend to kind of blip, just read over them. Here's a blipper verse for many people. It's in Romans, by St. Paul, by the way, Romans chapter 2, starting in verse 6. This is what St. Paul says, For he will render to every man according to his works. Ergon, every man, Protestants, Catholics, non-Christians, he will render to every man according to his works. Verse 7, those who by patient and well-doing. Now, here's where English translations you're not going to see in 3D because in the original Greek, 
the well-doing is simply the word good plus ergon, good works. For those who by patience do good works, seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. So you see, this, this is pretty important. And why do I bring this up? What happens if you say, oh, once saved, always saved? In other words, you come to faith, believing and trusting in Jesus, and then you say, well, that's it. Well, you know, once you come into union with Jesus and believing in him, he provides you the grace to do good works. And as a good father, he expects you to grow up and mature. And this is exactly what the Christians in Thyatira were doing, because in verse 19 of Revelation 2, he says, your latter works exceed your earlier works. In other words, they were growing, they were maturing, and they were the dead opposite of the Christians in Ephesus, because they were losing their first love. They were declining in spiritual vigor where they should have been growing. And so Jesus commends this church for growing in their good works. Now, we find in verse 20 the word uh, but. <laughs> but there's a qualification here. Now, Jesus has commended this church, but now he has some pretty severe criticism but I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice immorality and to eat food sacrifice to idols. Jezebel, now Jezebel, hmm, doesn't that strike a bell? Yes, Jezebel lived eight to 900 years before the letter to Thyatira was written. She was a queen of ancient Israel. She uh, deceived and beguiled the people of God in the Old Testament. You can read about her in the books of First and Second Kings. So here is an important word about interpreting the book of Revelation only as a first century message. Now, as I have emphasized, the book of Revelation, the seven churches, but the entire book was certainly a first century message. But I believe it's a mistake to see it's a time-limited message. Because if there was a Jezebel centuries before Jesus, if there was a Jezebel in the first century, in other words, it's not a reincarnation of the Old Testament Jezebel, but she's doing the same thing. The seduction, the deception of the people of God saying sexual immorality is somehow okay with God. Well, why not expect an end times Jezebel? And here's the reason. Satan has no need to change successful deceptions. These things went on in the Old Testament. These things went on in the early church within the first century, and these things are going on today. Pope Benedict said this about Fatima. He said, we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. Now, I'm going to take his words and apply them to the topic today. I would, taking his words, we would be mistaken to think that the prophetic message of the seven letters is simply historical. So who are the Jezebel teachers today or the Balaam teachers that we've already seen in these seven letters? 
Well, it's simply those attempting to synchronize Catholic morality to the sexual revolution. And this is how you spot them. And Revelation 2.20, Jesus says this to the church, to the whole church, not just to the Jezebel teacher and those following her. He says to the whole church, I have this against you that you tolerate Jezebel. Toleration in God's eyes is not a virtue. And people were saying, well, just, you know, let them be, you know, live and let live. We can have these people in the church. And no, these people are toxic. They're poisonous. They're dangerous. They're injurious to the welfare of the church. And they're not to be tolerated. They're to be opposed and they're to be exposed. And that's exactly what this letter is doing. And Jesus speaking pretty tough words, saying, those who follow this new morality, how about once saved, always saved, coupled with the new morality, which isn't new, it's old as Jezebel in the Old Testament, seducing the people of God, thinking the sexual immorality is somehow okay with God. Jesus says, behold, I will throw her on a sickbed, And those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of their doings, and I will strike her children dead, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give each of you as your works deserve. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 68 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.